0: Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
1: At and at bet 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: Welcome to the No Sports Report, a production of iHeartRadio and Treefort Media. My name is Jensen Carp, and I'm a sports fan which means the only thing I've gotten excited about this month is CC Sabathia's weight loss. Dude is ripped. It looks like some people have been making the best of their time indoors. Your move, Bartolo Colon. Oh, me? I've been talking to athletes and sports industry professionals about what they're doing in quarantine, hoping to figure out if they miss competing as much as I miss watching it. This is the No Sports Report. Brian Rowe is a seasoned Major League Soccer veteran, currently a goalkeeper for the Orlando City Sports Club. 2019 was the best season of his career, and he's just months into being a first-time father. So what could go wrong? Well, as we all know, two weeks into the MLS season, all games and activity were suspended due to COVID-19, and now Brian is back home focusing on a completely different round ball, his three-month-old son. But before any other league, he just returned to officially practicing at the team's facility individually, but sanctioned by the MLS and regulated to an extent that's usually reserved for a summer sci-fi blockbuster about the end of the world. We go over those arduous rules, what his international teammates are going through right now, and the insane coincidence behind the fact that we're both daddlers. It's a rare glimpse into the future of sports on this episode of the No Sports Report. How
3: from. Brian Rowe, Orlando City Soccer Club. To accept, press 1.
2: Hello, Brian. Hey, Jensen, how are you doing? I'm well, man. How how are you doing? Where have you been quarantined for the past two months?
3: I've currently been quarantined uh, at our place in Orlando. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, uh, this year we upgraded to a little bit bigger space. So for my sake and my wife's sake, uh, we've got a little more space now to deal with.
2: Well, thank God, because you and I have something uh, majorly in common, uh, more than any other guest I will interview at any point in this podcast, which is, one, we both have newborns, but most importantly, two, they are both named Adler.
3: Yes. Um, To my surprise, I was actually listening to your Jay Williams episode the other week, and um, I actually stopped and rewind it when I heard you say his name because that's the first Adler I've heard. Uh, kind of, I was uh, speechless for a second.
2: Yeah, it's no Brian. It is it is more of a Jensen than it is a Brian. Uh, tell me where you came up with the name and then I will, I'll I'll fill you in on our, our stupid sort of way we got to it.
3: All right, well, first off, congratulations on your Adler. You
2: as well, you as well.
3: I know, he's pretty pretty new. But my wife came up with the name. We have some family friends with their last name, Adler. Um, and she'd kind of thrown it out early as a first name. We kind of wanted to go for the vibe of um, not a super common name like Brian, uh, something a little different, a little out there, but not too far out there. So she kind of threw it out and it, we didn't love it. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but it, it didn't stick at first. So I was like, oh, that's a nice one. We kind of keep that on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a couple other names that were the front runners early on. And then I think as the, the pregnancy went on and uh, we started testing some of the other names. We just started hearing them pop up all over the place. And we really wanted to wait until we met him kind uh, to see what his personality was like. It felt strange to us kind of calling him before meeting him uh, a name. So my wife had a, a very long kind of difficult labor, no serious complications, but uh, he definitely took his time coming out. And I think either oh, stuck perfectly. Right. When he came out, we met him and we're like, yep, I think that's the one.
2: He's like, that's an Adler. Ah, uh, ours is yep. way more, <laughs> m- way more superficial. We we wanted a last name as a first name. Uh, we had the same sessions you do, where you kind of sit down and just go through hundreds of them. And I started to get into celebrities and got to Nicholson, and I was like, that's a stupid name, and we both started laughing. And then I just started thinking of Jack Nicholson, and Jack Nicholson sits next to this dude named Lou Adler at every Lakers game, who's you know a legendary music producer. He kind of helped build the Sunset Strip, as we all know it. He's a Grammy winner, incredible, and I I then did a quick search to make sure he wasn't a garbage can of a person, and he seems like a great dude. We actually grew up with one of his sons, so we wrote down the name, uh, and and like you said, it just sticks around, and then you're a couple days away, and you go, you know what's been on this list the whole time, and we don't have any marks next to it how about adler
3: and you know where the uh the similarities are going to get even stranger is uh that was my wife's first job out of college was actually working for lou and page
2: no way really <laughs> that is crazy
3: yeah so she knows the family very well and that's uh, the exact family uh where adler came from where uh, she had thought of it so
2: that is so funny
3: yeah even wilder
2: so it, technically it came from the same person
3: Yes, which is, I mean, strange that, I mean, he's, they've got a, a lot of sons already, but I guess they're spawning even more.
2: Yeah, shout, shout to Nick. I like all those kids. They're all very sweet. Uh, well, I'm very happy to hear that your, uh, your son, how old is, is Adler now?
3: Uh, just turned a month this past weekend.
2: Amazing. My my son now is at 10 months, a little over 10 months. I'm wondering, I know you had a difficult birth situation at the hospital, and it just keeps going through my head because my wife was a month premature and we ran into some issues as well at birth, uh, stayed in the NICU for about a month. What was it like giving birth? What challenges did you face in a hospital during a pandemic?
3: Yeah. I mean, there was definitely a lot of questions going in. It was kind of ever evolving, ever changing. Uh, Fortunately, our main sponsor of our soccer team Orlando City is Orlando Health. So they've got the Winnie Palmer wing, which is just for women um, and children. So we had a good contact there and we were well taken care of, which was reassuring, I think, going into it. But... A couple weeks out, they kind of let us know that it was only going to be two guests allowed um, into the hospital. And we were using the doula at the time, and they said the doula would be allowed to come in as well. But we kind of heard stories through other friends that were delivering as well across the country in New York and L.A. that their husbands were there for just uh, the delivery but had to leave for postpartum, and some husbands were potentially not going to be allowed at all for delivery. So we kind of were stressing a little bit, but I think got to the point where it was, I mean it was out of our control and we were just kind of doing our best to to take the news as we came in so by the time um we went to the hospital uh it was just one guest allowed and our dude was not allowed so unbelievable. it was just me in there um i had to wear a mask at, at all times my wife was in labor for 46 hours oh. um and ended up coming out as a c-section so it was oh. definitely full roll, roller coaster a lot of emotions but truly an amazing experience and i think I mean, speaking with her after about it, it's it's our first child. So we we had no expectations going in. We didn't know what to expect. We had nothing to compare it to. So I think for us, it was just a a super special bonding, just being able to go through that together and just kind of seeing um, just what she went through. I mean, I I think I have a new perspective for all moms, all women after seeing that, just what they're capable of and, and super women.
2: Well, and now your wife, Whitney, is in a house locked in with you and a (laughs) one-month-old. Let's not pretend she isn't a essential worker. Uh, But for you, it's got to be no better time, right? You're traveling all over the world most of your career. uh, And now here you are stuck, obviously a terrible situation for lots of people, but you are forced to be around a newborn at all times. You're seeing everything.
3: Truly, truly seeing everything, um, and that's one thing I try to keep reminding myself every morning how fortunate I am to to wake up and have my wife here, have my son here, uh, be here for, I may mean, I imagine, as you've seen, these first months, first two months is just the biggest leaps for the development and just such a special time to be, be able to be around and kind of see that 24-7. So. Um, It's been tough, I think, not being able to have uh, her mom or my parents come out and help. We've got no family out here on the East Coast, so Mm -hmm. it's kind of just been the two of us trying to figure it out, but um, again, it's been kind of a special time, and just being able to be 100% present. Um, and focus on that um, for now, which has been amazing.
2: It's the worst. I mean, my mother, y- you can even tell your wife Whitney this, it's like my mom lives three blocks from us. So my mom is, it, I-, I could like throw a tennis ball to her and yet she still can't come over. So it doesn't matter even what state or anything we're in. I mean, she. we're mostly FaceTiming and it, it is a very hard, it's something I didn't see coming but, you know, I obviously get to see every crawl and every, you know, hand wave and everything that I'm excited to see. But my grant is, again, my only son and my wife's only child. We're both of us, this was our first. It's 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 hard, not including family and knowing that they're missing that process.
3: Yeah. And for, I mean, both my wife and I are only children. So this is our, I mean, the first grandchild for, for our parents. And yeah. uh, it's definitely been a lot of FaceTime, uh, trying to send as many photos as possible um, uh, we try to keep reminding them that I mean they're basically asleep at all times, but, uh, at this <laughs> yeah. point in their life anyway, kind of a little blob and don't interact too much. So we're try- trying to soften it for them a, a little bit. Um, but we, we're hoping that they'll be able to make it out soon and meet them.
2: How's, uh, how's the sleeping going? Because I know if you had any plans on having a night nurse, those were thrown out the window with the pandemic.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think that's been uh, the one thing I've been thankful for as well. I I couldn't imagine being in season and going back to training and going back to games, just trying to balance that with the sleeping and competing and performing at a top level. So it's actually, it's been better than I've thought. I think talking to other friends that have kids um, before us, I mean, I think just hearing some of the horror stories and kind of how bad it can be. And I think just in my mind, blowing that up and thinking, I'm not going to get any sleep at all. Uh, I feel like I've been pleasantly surprised with it. So we're getting them on a pretty good schedule here, which has given us some time at night. Great. And it's amazing what your body, I think, can do on little sleep.
2: Yes. I, you will get to 10 to 12 hours in no time, and you'll miss, you'll miss the old moments of, of feeling uh, completely important and vital to to him. <laughs> it's like he'll be like, doesn't he need doesn't he need me? It's three a.m. He needs me, right? Uh, sh- should we wake him up? You do that a lot. <laughs> Checking out your Instagram, I see that you and your wife love to travel. I, I'm not sure if you read the recent New York Times article with uh, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Lori Garrett, who I love and, and thought the article not, you know. I loved it, but it's going to haunt me for probably the rest of my life. But she does bring up to expect major changes in the travel industry. She's not sure exactly what it is. Uh, You know, we heard that we probably won't be able to travel out of the country uh, until probably 2021. Does the idea of no vacations creep you out at all?
3: It does. I mean, I think it changes it now having a son and just owing a lot of time to the grandparents and wanting to share him and uh, with all the family and friends. I think that's one thing my wife, I mean, as you said, really, really have enjoyed all these off seasons that we've had uh, every year for soccer. We always enjoy doing one big trip, whether it be going over to Asia, Europe, down to Mexico, across the States. It's one thing that we've kind of always looked forward to planning and just experiencing together. But having an, uh, an adler now, and we would love to travel with them, but I think just getting to get back home, get back to LA, um, share him with everybody. I think it'll soften it a little bit, uh, make it a little bit more enjoyable. Um, but yeah, I hadn't I hadn't read that article yet, but...
2: Oh, I don't know how much sleep you want to get on your own without Adler or with Adler. But <laughs> if you do, it is, it is quite an article from an incredible woman who's been, you know, on the forefront of these viruses for many years as a journalist. And she, I, I believe she won her Pulitzer for Ebola. But, you know, I'm not going to make your day worse. It's not a great article to read, but it is illuminating. Yeah, very illuminating. More with MLS goalkeeper Brian Rowe after this. Right now, Feeding America is working tirelessly to ensure our most vulnerable populations, like students who are out of school, the elderly, individuals whose jobs are impacted, and low-income families continue to have access to food and other needed resources during the COVID-19 pandemic. The Feeding America Food Bank Network is committed to serving communities and people facing hunger in America, and their greatest need is donations and support of local food banks. This podcast is committed to donating a portion of the proceeds from the show to Feeding America, and we hope that you can join us in this effort too. Find out how you can help at feedingamerica.org/covid19.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
2: Now, here's the rest of my chat with Orlando City SC's Brian Rowe. Uh, You play goalkeeper for the Orlando City Soccer Club SC in the MLS, and you guys have a rare situation that only teams in the NBA can relate to. It's that your season was postponed right during it. I mean, you guys were two weeks in, played two games already. Walk me through what happened when you started to hear what's going on around the world and that that your profession might be canceled or, or at least postponed.
3: Yeah, it really came up all of a sudden on us. We had had a a tough preseason. I mean, went through probably about six weeks, two months of a preseason. You're putting in the hard work. Uh, For us, a a brand new coaching staff, half of a new team, really, of players. So, you're really just getting into the the momentum and kind of getting to know all the rest of the players and everybody else and getting excited for the new year. And then, like you said, I mean, after our second game, I think we were getting ready for um, our third game in the season. We were going to be at home against Chicago and um, that was game was going to be on Saturday. Um, I think it was March 12th. I think it was Wednesday night, I believe, was when the NBA announced that they were going to be postponing their season. Yeah. So we had training the, the next morning, train that morning, and we'd kind of heard whispering that uh, the MLS should be looking to do the same thing, but we weren't sure if it was going to be before that game that weekend, if it was, they were going to wait a little bit and see. So I think everyone was kind of on edge, and I don't think anyone could have ever projected that it would be this serious and I mean kind of keep us out for this long but it was one thing and I think the league did a great job but that afternoon on Thursday uh, they decided to to follow in the same steps and postpone the league and it was kind of week to week uh, to begin with they kind of kept pushing it back next Friday next Friday we'll see and then I think as it started to get more serious and more information started coming out about the virus that's when they started kind of pushing it further back. And I think the reality of the situation started setting in.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess the NBA having positive testing was really, it really escalated everything. I think it was the same day as the Tom Hanks diagnosis as well. So I think, I I mean, not to say Tom Hanks is the domino that pushed us all down, but (laughs) I think we just all started to notice how real everything was. And I, I do remember this very odd image, and I don't know how much NBA you watch, but I I remember this odd image of the game being canceled, you know, them playing it out with Mark Cuban there on the side for the Dallas game. And then later, Lonzo Ball's game, you know, it's uh, New Orleans, it's the Zion game, and, and they cancel it. None of the players want to come out You know, of the locker room, they heard a referee had been uh, officiating a game with Gobert and no one wants to come out. And then Lonzo Ball just comes out and starts shooting by himself. And I think (laughs) it was just an odd night. I remember just a feeling of the unknown. And and I assume you being in another sport where obviously people are touching and and you're in close quarters. I mean, it's got to be nerve wracking. It's got to be scary, especially with a new
3: son. Yeah, and I think that was the biggest thing was just the unknown, just not knowing how serious it was. I mean, especially for me getting ready to for my wife to deliver being at the end of her pregnancy, not knowing how it potentially could affect her, even knowing for myself if I showed any signs or symptoms when she went into labor, I wouldn't be allowed in the hospital to be there for her. So, I think it, it definitely hit home very hard right away and it was something that I wanted to be very cautious about, but yeah, I think it was it was something that came on all of a sudden, and um, I think the the scale of it was kind of unknown at that time.
2: Yeah, the MLS has seventy four different nationalities represented throughout their teams. Uh, I, I was researching that, and I wanted to know how many different countries are represented. It had to have caused an insane ripple effect in people trying to get home to see their families. Do you know if all your teammates at least have been able to get home, uh, especially with now games postponed until at least June?
3: I mean, orders from the MLS just because they haven't set a timeline for where, when we're going to restart. It kind of keeps getting pushed. We're kind of at stay-in-the-market orders, mm. so I know all players are have to stay in the market. The league has started allowing some players that can drive home within maybe a day or two drive. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to get permission from the league and from the team yes. to to drive home, but they don't want any guys going on flights domestically as well as internationally. So. Uh, I think we have 13 nationalities on our team and um, a number of guys over here that I mean don't have wives or girlfriends or kids and are here by themselves and their families are back home. So not only being away from their families, but just being on their own during quarantine. So it's, it's definitely been very tricky and just trying, I think, as a player pool, especially within our team, trying to stay close and connected and, and be there for the guys that kind of need that support right now.
2: Yeah, so I'm slightly uneducated when it comes to, obviously, all the differences with Premier and European and, and MLS. Like, obviously, MLS is the one I'm most exposed to here in Los Angeles and in America. But question, and and excuse my ignorance towards it, but since European leagues and Premier leagues are starting to practice up soon again, the players who are in the MLS can't just go over to other leagues, right? They're still in contract to play in MLS and are waiting for that postponement to end.
3: Yes, correct. So right now we're still under contract. We're still getting paid from the league. Um, We're basically just waiting for them to kind of let us know when we're going to resume. So it's kind of business as usual. And I think each team is handling it differently. Um, I know the league has sent out some projections on when they would like to start up again or what the, the format or what those games may look like.
2: So Major League Soccer uh, decided they would be the first ones to sort of allow practices to happen. They are individual. They have rules and restrictions as far as saying no passing and no shooting between players. Have you been able to experience this yet? And can you detail what it's like?
3: Yeah, so we just had our first day today. Um, we had about an hour Zoom call meeting between the whole team yesterday. Just going over all the little details. We had aerial camera shots of the parking lot, the field, the space we were going to be working in. Um, step-by-step instructions. So, I mean, it was detailed down to the, the T. Um, so we were one of five teams that got approved um, in MLS to go ahead with this kind of test run or the approval to do individual training at the facility. So today when we showed up, we were split into three different groups. Um, so defenders with goalkeepers and then midfielders and forwards, three different time slots. Basically, they took two side fields, split it into four different quadrants and each player got their individual quadrant to work in. Um, You park in the parking lot. You're separated um, by one parking spot stall between each car. Uh, You're called one by one to walk from your car to basically the front gate to enter. You have to wear a mask at all times. Uh, You can't leave your car until you're called upon. You check in at the front desk. uh, You stand there, get your temperature read. We also have to fill out a questionnaire if you're feeling any symptoms or any signs of uh, illness before you, you leave actually home that morning to go in. Uh, once you're approved, you you walk over to your quadrant where you've got a, a stool there to get your cleats on put on whatever you need. Um, it's sanitized before and after each player. Um, and then you've got your equipment there in your quadrant. Uh, you have to kind of work and do your session. Same thing on the way out. Uh, you have to put your mask back on as you leave. You do a checkout. Uh, you kind of get your protein drinks on the way out and then return to your car one by one. Um, and then the next group is called in. So you have got one coach that's allowed to be on the field, kind of in the middle, overseeing kind of limited personnel that's out there. And that's kind of the setup.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's intense, man. I mean, I feel like you're a second away from being hosed down like a zoo animal. I mean, what an incredible, I, I can't imagine. I mean, did you see other players and just sort of give like a, hi, like, hey guys, like you can't even really converse.
3: Yeah, I mean, you you have your staff there that's kind of making sure everyone keeps their distance. I mean, I, I must say it's I think just having the unknown and not knowing when we were going to return, what the steps were going to look like. It's just been so far in the future and just not knowing. I think being granted this to just return to our training facility. I, I mean, the energy was was upbeat today. Good. I mean, even seeing guys at a, at a distance and kind of returning to something that was quote-unquote normal for us being at least in a familiar place with our training grounds um the mood was definitely lifted i think guys could see a little bit light at the end of the tunnel i mean just the first step towards something familiar um was exciting but at the same time it was just kind of a stark contrast that you're doing it under just all of these different conditions and protocol and i mean think any athlete ever since you're young you're so used to just going out to a field or training and you kind of have that's your team that you've been doing for your entire life, and to to have it this different and controlled and strict was it was definitely a, a wake up call. Yeah. Surprised to see what the the landscape of sports is going to look like, kind of moving forward here.
2: Totally. I mean, if that's a practice, I hate to think what a game is.
3: <laughs> I mean, we were even instructed if uh, if a ball were to leave one of your quadrants, the other player in that quadrant had to step out of their box and allow the player to come in grab their ball go back and then they could resume
2: oh my god
3: so i mean i think everything was thought of and it's they're trying to run it as as efficient and i think as safe as possible
2: i mean it sounds like they're doing a good job i mean did they did they make you keep the masks on well it sounds like because you're out of the quadrant you don't have to have the mask on
3: so fortunately the players were able to take their masks off to train so when you're in your space you're allowed to have it off but all the the staff Uh, the personnel that are there kind of helping out and managing they had to keep masks on and gloves on at all times
2: oh my god and you got to take hit you got to take shots you got to actually play goalkeeper
3: no so i mean we're not allowed to work with coaches so i mean i was there kind of doing some of my own ball work uh own goalkeeper fitness it's it's tough (laughs) yeah (laughs) trying to come up with stuff um when you you can't really recreate it without someone taking shots so um just did my best to kind of do what i could but at least have access to a nice field, to goals, um, to equipment that I usually wouldn't have on my own.
2: That's great. So in order to communicate with the players, did they have to use some sort of like PA system?
3: No. So the day before they sent us um, just videos of all the drills they wanted us to perform, uh, the ball work, dribbling, the fitness. So they had everything set up when we got there. Um, and we kind of had to do our, our homework the night before to be prepared to kind of know what we were supposed to do that day. I mean, you didn't get in close contact with anybody. I mean, even the training staff reading your temperature, you were standing far enough away. Um, They had some people from the league that were filming and recording and to send out to other teams, I think, just to show what the protocol would be, what it would look like, making sure that we were adhering to it as well. So like I said, it was surreal. I think, especially with the newborn um, being in quarantine for so long, you're kind of in your little bubble and you're like, oh, we're taking a little break. We're going to resume. I think I was very naive and optimistic about just when this was lifted just being able to return to training and it was going to be normal like you're used to. <laughs> yeah. and I, I think showing up today is when it really sunk in and just it hit me like wow this is we still have a long ways to go before we get back to anything.
2: Yeah, I mean you're not you're not getting you're not getting within 15 feet of players how are we going to play against each other or with each other? It just it I mean I guess it'll get better but it's crazy to think of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you're coming off the best season of your career Orlando City picked up a big at goal with Pedro Galise uh, and I know you love challenges and you have been vocal about wanting to get that starting position back or at least be available to kind of platoon how much does it bum you out to not have that opportunity immediately right now to prove yourself this year even if in that backup position I, you're a player by trade so I'm wondering just you know watching I'm sure tape or whatever you're doing is it are you jonesing
3: yes <laughs> I think that's the nature of all of us athletes—just that competitive nature. You want to get out there and play. You want to prove yourself. You, you want to keep working towards your goals and um, keep working on that process. So, it's it's definitely tough. And it's I think fortunately for me, I mean, this is my ninth season in the in the league. So, yeah. I feel like I've I've definitely seen it all. I've been around to a couple of different teams, been released, been traded, been let go out of the lineup. I've been starting. So. I think for me, I found a good mental state where I'm able to stay in a good space and kind of continue to keep challenging and work on what I need to uh, put myself in the best situation. But like you said, I mean, coming off a good year last year, I want to play at the end of the day and it's an an exciting time. It's fun to get out there uh, in front of the crowd and represent your team, play with the guys you're working hard with. and. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to when we do get to return, get that opportunity again.
2: Same. This would have been the 25th anniversary of MLS, a massive milestone. The awareness and the excitement that's been kind of surveyed around, and and we've seen those results, they're higher than ever. Are are you at all worried about how this pandemic and quarantine and postponement, how it will affect the future of the league?
3: Um... I think financially, I think the league will be fine and I think we'll continue to do well. And I think it's just, the, like you said, the support-wise and not knowing when we do return to games, when fans will be allowed to return to the stadiums. And I think that was kind of one of the the largest drivers for the support and just kind of the, the buzz of the league was... The atmospheres of the stadiums, uh, especially in these big cities, it's a, it's a ritual. I mean, you have fans showing up early in the morning to tailgate. They're, they have their smoke flares mm. and their their flags, and they're marching and singing to the games. It really brings the communities together. So I think fans will be itching and ready when the time is right and safe to get back to those stadiums and still support. And I think anyone's looking for any sports on TV right now, I mean, even if it's something where – Whenever it does return, even if there's not fans in the stadium, so I think it was it was tough for the U.S. not making the the last World Cup. I mm-hmm. think you see in those World Cup cycle cycles when the uh, the U.S. is involved, it really creates a big buzz among soccer and I think draws a lot of interest. So you I know mean, we just had two new franchises come in this year. We've got two more scheduled for next year. Uh, I think we'll be to thirty teams soon. Yeah. So you're seeing in these cities a lot of growing excitement, and I think it's tough having the stoppage right now. I felt like right as momentum was building, Agreed, yeah. excitement was building. So it's something that I hope that we can continue and stay engaged with the the fans and kind of continue to have their support when we do resume.
2: well, talking about continuing, uh, I do have a positive question to wrap this up on, and then we'll get into some stupid suggestions I have for you. But I want to know if there's anything from these times, something that we've picked up during the pandemic, that you think we should hold on to even when we're allowed outside and there's a vaccine and a cure, et cetera. What is it that we should move on from this
3: time and have learned? I think for me, I mean, just with everything going on in my life with Adler, the new son coming in, is just enjoying the small moments and, and taking time for loved ones. Um, I know for us being kind of quarantined on the opposite coast of all of our friends and family, being able to check in as much as possible. I mean, being grateful for the loved ones in your life, for the things that you do have, And I know for us, I mean, just community. Uh, I know the club has a great initiative that they're working on, supporting uh, local businesses here around the stadium that are are struggling during these times, and any way that they can support, get out there and help in whatever way um, is really important. So, I mean, the one we're doing is all for Orlando. uh, It's a hashtag and the club is trying to to do a good job of helping the the small businesses and restaurants around the stadium that usually get a lot of action on game weekends but are struggling now just because of uh, the stay at home order so i think i think those two are are definitely ones i hope that stick and are lasting for people once once life kind of resumes
2: yeah, that's great. And, and we're actually going to be giving proceeds from this episode based on your recommendation to that charity through the Orlando City SC, and, and we're, we're happy to do it. From something of, of pure uh, altruistic thought uh, to something just purely stupid, here are some suggestions that I have for you. Your wife Whitney could pick it up as well. These are things that, that you and Adler and the whole group can maybe get in on here during pandemic. Are you ready for these suggestions? I'm ready. Okay. First, I think you should tie-dye stuff. This is all over Instagram and social media. It's a big trend. It was already a trend in fashion, thanks to the Billy Eilishes of the world before we were even stuck in our home. But now there's no easier time to take your white sweatsuits, your white shirts, and just do maybe even socks, get some color dyes, some minor supplies like pails, basically. Nothing nuts. Quick way to deal with clothes that might need some new life.
3: I love that. I mean, it goes back to my roots as well. Growing up in Oregon, kind of a hippie town in Eugene. Yeah. um, I got plenty of photos of me in tie-dye. I got my Birkenstocks here. So that's a great idea. I love that.
2: There you go. We're turning you back into a deadhead. Okay. Uh, Secondly, (laughs) not a sponsor of the show, but boy, I would love to take their money because they're having a good year. It's a website called Cameo. Do you know about Cameo? I do not. Okay. It is a website that you go onto and you can pay celebrities, and then I'm using hand quotes also, celebrities, so real celebrities and quote, quote, celebrities, you can pay them to give you recorded messages, whether it's a birthday or Mother's Day, or I don't know, I hope you're surviving quarantine. Uh, It is quite dumb, but for some reason, there are thousands of people on it, and it is reporting its most profitable week of all time at the end of March during quarantine. So people who are sitting at home just want to hear, you know, Corey Feldman Tell them, uh, have a good day. I like that. Okay. Can I give you some celebrities and then you tell me if you, like, I'll give you a couple and then you'll guess prices on them.
3: So what they would charge for a personalized message?
2: Yes. Okay. Okay. First, I'll give you this one. Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray, who, by the way, (laughs) laughable to want one of his messages, but I watched a couple and they're like five minutes long and he truly takes... You know, he like tells stories. He takes his time with these things, so he's kind of a good buy at a hundred dollars.
3: Okay, is that is that just a comparison for me, or are you? Yes,
2: yes, that is for you. Moving on. Okay. Uh, James Vanderbeek, Dawson of Dawson's Creek fame. What is the price?
3: And McGrath was a hundred. You said yes. Ooh. Um, I'm gonna say. 55 dollars.
2: Well, Sir
3: James Vanderbeek is two hundred dollars.
2: Uh, wow, <laughs> went the other way. Uh, the next one—it's <laughs> it's a, a soccer player. I wanted to have someone in your genre, Ledley King.
3: Um, let's go one fifty.
2: Ledley King—a steal at fifty bucks. Wow. Okay. A steal. Right. Okay. Moving on. Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Norris is on cameo.
3: I hope. I hope he's. <sighs> I hope he's pulling in like five hundred and then just going to charity. That's I'm I'm saying five hundred.
2: That would be the hope, wouldn't it? Chuck Norris, two twenty-five, straight to the pocket, baby.
3: Two twenty-five, I love that. Uh
2: I'll give you one last one. Brett Favre, who somehow for some reason is on cameo. How much does it cost for a Hall of Fame message from
3: Brett Favre? Oof. Um let's go with one seventy-five.
2: Brett Favre, baby. You better get a loan because it's five hundred bucks. <laughs> 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 Truly amazing, five hundred dollars, Brett Favre. Uh, all right, my last suggestion—you can look into cameo in your olden time. Normally, these final suggestions are jokes; I, they're so dumb. I usually do a play on a name, and this one started as that, but I actually think I stumbled into something very good. When the MLS season does pick back up, and you find yourself traveling different cities and competing with other goalkeepers. I'm thinking the entire world needs gloves right now, right? Like everyone's trying to get gloves. You and your profession, you've always used gloves. That's what you play in. Maybe you do glove trades the same way NBA guys do their jersey trades at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. And And then those goalkeepers sign the gloves, all the MLS goalies that you're up against, and then you guys auction them off to raise money for COVID research.
3: That's a fantastic idea. I actually love
2: that. See, normally they come from a terrible place and I tell you to like open up a noodle shop or something because your name rhymes with noodle. Not this case. This case, I actually got a good one and I have, but I do have a name for the charity.
3: What's the, what's the name you got?
2: We've got you covered. <laughs> and then it's just your, and then your, sig- and then your little signature underneath and it's an eBay store. That's it.
3: I like that. I mean, the gloves can get a little smelly, a little yeah. dirty, but we'll try to keep them to, to newer gloves. Yes, good.
2: COVID free uh, new gloves. Brian, thank you for talking to me. <laughs> Much love to Whitney, but even more love to your Adler. Adler Carp and Adler Rowe will 100% have a connection that I did not see coming when we started this podcast about <laughs> having the same inspiration for a name. But, uh, Please stay safe, and I'm so happy I was able to talk to you and and have a beautiful time with your newborn. Uh, it's like so many people. I'm in the same position. So many people living this negative, uh, truly dismal life outside of these walls, and and I never ignore that that's happening. But I I always acknowledge that in this house, I'm I'm blessed with an opportunity I never would have had.
3: I I mean I completely hear you, and I completely agree. So I appreciate the time, Jensen, and uh, love and safety to your family as well.
2: The No Sports Report is produced and distributed by Treefort Media. The show is executive produced by Kelly Garner, Lisa Ammerman, Matthew Kugler, and me, Jensen Karp. Tom Monahan is our senior audio engineer and sound supervisor, with production and editing by Jasper Leak. Additional production help from Tim Schauer, June Rosen, and Haley Mandelberg. Our theme music is composed by Spilkus. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please subscribe, rate us, and review us on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please visit feedingamerica.org. If you're able to make a donation, any amount makes a difference and you can learn more about other ways you can help on their website. For more information on the No Sports Report, links to the socials, and for show transcripts for our hearing impaired listeners, go to treefort.fm. Be safe and be well. The No Sports Report is a production of iHeartRadio and Treefort Media. LED headlights, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card...